Hi, I'm Amanda and welcome to Self. On this podcast, I share ideas, experiences and have conversations to explore the self. You know, hopefully through this, we can develop our own self-awareness so that we can show up better for ourselves and for those around us. And from that, hopefully all live happier and healthier lives. On today's episode, I am going to be talking about my relationship with my mum some tough moments that we've had together and how I've managed to find healing through that and why we now have the best relationship that we've ever had. If you've listened to any of my past episodes, you may have put together that I had a bit of a rough upbringing and I've had somewhat a tumultuous relationship with each of my parents for different reasons. And that might be the case for many of us. You know, it can be that our relationships with our parents are some of the most complex and complicated that we'll ever have in our life. I know that that's been the case for me. And when I thought about sitting down to record this, I thought, okay, well, there's the relationship with my mum and then there's the relationship with my dad. And I think each of those relationships deserve an individual episode, potentially even more. Um, But this is the one that I feel most ready for, even though, to be totally honest, I'm a bit nervous sitting here, not because of anything necessarily anything to do with me I, I'm I think that there is a tiny part of me that you know when I reflect on past behaviors I'm a bit disappointed in myself in and a bit ashamed of um, but also because I'm quite protective of my family I think something that's important for me to say is regardless of what has happened in the past and where Um, perhaps I may have felt like my parents had failed me or whether objectively, you know, you might say that they failed me. Um, I do really love my parents and it's important for me, I guess, that as a listener, I hope that you can just maintain, um, some openness and compassion towards any of the stories that you might hear you know when I when I share these things that have happened for me it's it's really not because I ever want any judgments thrown towards people particularly definitely not my parents I share them because they are a part of my experience they're a part of my upbringing they're a part of why I am who I am today and that's valuable you know, it's these experiences that have allowed me the opportunity to then go inside and to do a lot of the work that I've done on myself. So, yeah, I think I just wanted to preface this by by saying to please keep an open mind. And I think, you know, maybe sometimes hearing stories from other people can bring up um, pain within us. It can bring up different trauma, it can, it can, you know, just reminds us of different experiences. And so if this becomes too much to listen to, then switch off, you know, 
turn it off. You don't have to listen to the full episode or come back when it might be a bit easier to. I'm just mindful of the fact that these topics can be quite sensitive for people. So, you know, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, yeah, so my mum. I'm not even sure really where to start. And so I will pick some random place, which is that, yeah, when I was 13 years old, there was this whole incident. We don't need to get into that. But I was on my phone, a phone that I wasn't supposed to have. My mum walked past my room. She heard me on the phone Basically, they uncovered my secret teenage life and, you know, there were arguments and beatings and all these things that were happening as a result of that. And we're sitting on the couch. Yes, I am going to brush over that because that's just not something that we need to talk about right now. But um, we're sitting on the couch and I'm in tears I think my parents were asking me, like, what's wrong with you, essentially? Like, who are you? You're this person who we don't even know. And I'm not sure if that was a question that led to this, but I remember at some point I said to my mum, you don't even love me. And she's like, what are you talking about? Of course I do. And I was like, no, you don't. You love my brother and my sister and you don't love me. You know, I think in that moment, and it wasn't in that moment, it was a lead up of a lot of incidents and situations and times where I didn't feel like my mum loved me and it all kind of came together and that's when it came out and she was quite upset by it. She was like, no, of course I do. And I was like, I don't believe you. Um, So that's, I suppose, one moment that I want to share. And then when I kind of zoom out a little bit more and I think about overall through my early childhood years and then into my teens, what my relationship was like with my mum, we argued a lot. And I think a part of that was because I lacked a lot of respect for her. You know, the strangest thing is my mum experienced um, a lot of domestic violence and as a child witnessing that I had formed an opinion of the kind of person that she was. It was really strange. There's there are so many like so many layers and so many mixed things in all of this but i i remember at times just being like i don't have respect for you as a person and i don't think i had formulated it in that way but it did come out in just how i would like act around her she was also the less scary parent because even though we got hit by her, it was like honestly not as bad as all, so I could cop her and I and it it didn't matter to me as much because it wasn't as painful. Um, 
Yeah. And so I would say that, you know, you've got this kind of general lack of respect. I always loved my mum though, but we just butted heads often and I was very argumentative and I questioned everything and when I didn't feel like something was fair, I would speak up. If, if you've listened to my to the last episode where I speak about embracing the person that I am, I was quite a bratty kid, I think, and probably a bit annoying. But, you know, also just I have always been and still am quite a free spirit and I just want to be able to ask lots of questions and investigate things and I'm curious and so... That does not bode well, I think, in an Asian family because they just want you to take what you've been given, this set of beliefs, these narratives, and, like, accept this because we're your parents and we tell you so. Anyway, um, that that was early childhood. And then as a teenager, interestingly, my relationship with my dad Um, was like we were really close even though there was a lot of um there was a lot of shit between us you know there was violence in the home there were these crazy unrelenting standards there was so much but I still looked to him like he was my hero and to be perfectly honest I think I looked down on my mum a bit which is so unfair to her My parents split up when I was 18 and from there mum, my sister, my little cousin and I moved into a house and so, you know, and then my mum for a couple of years was kind of just checked out, which I really understand. And that put me in a situation where I had to step up and kind of become a parent to my sister and my cousin. And I think from there I started forming some resentment towards her And I really didn't include her into anything that was going on in my life. I would just, I was going to uni, I was working pretty much full-time hours, um, hanging out with my mates, was in a relationship and we had essentially a non-existent relationship other than sharing the same house and me pretty much just being like, hey, you know, I'm going to pay for some bills and I was like, trying to help out where I could. Other than that, we didn't really have anything. Um, And then eventually we moved houses again and we lived together with my brother. Um, And so we have this like very full house. My grandma was living there as well. And so it's just like super busy. And for Vietnamese people, we typically live at home until you get married and then you move out. It's not like a really common thing to turn 18 and then just go and move out like Aussies typically do. Um, And when I was 23, my grandma got sick and my uncle wanted to move in to stay there and look after her. And so my aunties and uncles pressured my mum to essentially ask me to leave. And it was something that I was very unprepared for and was pretty upset by because I felt that, you know, my mum was picking her 
siblings and listening to them over the needs of her children. Oh, goodness, sorry. Over the needs of her children. Um, And we, so I was gone within the space of a week and kind of, yeah, then just had to get everything together and get an apartment, move out. And it was okay. Obviously, I figured it out. I um, was working and, yeah, anyway, that all came together. But we stopped talking for a year. And just prior to that, actually, when we were still in the same house, there was a lot of tension that was building up. You know, my mum's, like, quite strict about stuff being clean and I just remember times when she would kind of lose her shit because there were dishes in the sink she'd blame me and I'm like they're not even my dishes um and at the same time I was feeling you know something that has carried on through throughout my childhood probably from the age of 12 is um just different issues with my weight I have always been quite self-conscious um about my size and about my weight because of comments that my parents have made and comments that my relatives have made and it's always you know kind of the classic either you're too skinny or you're too fat even though I've pretty much stayed more or less the same size most of my life and so there was one big blow up that we had once was when I when I was still living in that house at 22 I told my mom that she's never to comment on my weight ever again and I'm disappointed at how I went about went about it because it wasn't a conversation it was literally me yelling at her being like I never want you to comment on my weight ever again and you can all that all that should matter to you is whether i'm healthy and health is about movement it's about eating nutritious food it's got nothing to do with the way that i look so stop commenting on that like i'm living a healthy lifestyle i'm out there i'm i'm working out i'm outside i eat well i cook stop and I'm glad that I said that because it was important for my own mental health and my own self-worth and the way that I looked at myself. It was also important for the conversations that were had in the house in front of my younger sister and my younger cousin who, you know, were 16 and 15 at the time and were obviously also very self-conscious about themselves as typically teenage girls are, um, so I'm glad that that came out. I'm, I'm just not glad about how I went about it. Anyway, so we skip forward. I'm 23. I've moved out and we have this year where we don't talk. And the reason we actually start talking again is because I got engaged. And I remember calling her to let her know that I'd gotten engaged. And that kind of kick-started things because I was now wedding planning. You know, we didn't ever address anything. So just to give you kind of a bit of a recap and a picture, we've got layers of stuff that happened in childhood mixed in with teenage years of a lot of angst and feeling unworthy and unloved and not skinny enough, not many things enough. 
into adulthood where we pretty much don't speak, don't really have a relationship. I don't tell her anything about what's going on in my life. Um, And then I feel a lot of resentment because I feel like I've stepped up so much throughout, you know, from being like eight, from the age of 18 to 23, really chipping in. I bought my mum a car. That was the first thing I did with when I got my first real full-time job in law. And so I had all this resentment when I was asked to then leave and move out. And so we have all of that build up and we never speak about it. And then I get engaged and now it's wedding planning. So we kind of just end up opening conversations about the wedding and stuff. And we, we don't address any of that. And after that, I get married and I start traveling and then I'm on the road. (laughs) Um, And there's not much mending that happens in the relationship. You know, it's, it's more so that there's just distance. So we would go a couple of months without speaking sometimes. And then we spend some time together when I would go back to Australia. And so all of this just existed under the surface somewhere. In the meantime, you know, through those years, I was going to therapy, doing a lot of work on myself. And I suppose like working through a lot of these emotions, working through a lot of the issues that ended up showing up in my adult life as a result of all this stuff from my childhood. And as a result of a lot of what lacked, I suppose, in my relationship with my mum. I think ultimately where what shows up for us in our adult relationships are our unmet needs from childhood. You know, you may have heard of the term like inner child and inside of us there is a child who may have had a lot of unmet needs from our childhood and then we carry those and we take those into our adult relationships, typically romantic relationships, and this is where they show up. When we feel these unmet needs all over again. And we don't know how to express them because we didn't have the opportunity to in childhood. We weren't, you know, shown how to ask for something and we weren't given the things that we, you know, that we needed. And so this shows up in a different way, obviously, as an adult, um, whether that's through a lack of emotional regulation, whether it's through accepting of toxic behaviours because that's what was demonstrated as a child, whatever it is, they show up. And so, of course, for me, you know, you've heard on past episodes, like these things showed up and it gave me an opportunity to work through a lot of stuff. Now, skip forward a bit to um, my separation. I remember calling my mum and telling her before that, I mean, she had no idea what was happening. Like she didn't know. I, My life was pretty private other than what was public because I had a travel blog and shared some stuff online outside of that what really was happening um was kept pretty private there were only a couple of very close friends who knew what was going on during the breakdown of my marriage my my mum was certainly not privy to that and so when I called her to tell her I remember being on the phone with her and she you know was really upset. She cried. 
And she just expressed a lot of worry for me. And she's like, I, you know, you just, you do so much and you're traveling the world and I just don't want you to be alone. And I'm, and I'm scared. Like, you know, you're a woman, you're by yourself. And I could really feel how much she loved me in that moment, you know, where even though I was a grown woman who has traveled alone and was very capable of taking care of myself, um, she still saw me somewhat as a child who she wanted to protect. And I think that's one of the moments where I could really recognize love from my mum. And actually that's not the only one. There's a second time a bit earlier. Sorry. This is what happens when you don't script episodes, you know, and I'm, and I just want to talk kind of very openly and honestly. And so things kind of come back. Um, yeah, at different points on the day of my, the day before my wedding, we had a tea ceremony and I'd had a massive argument with my dad that morning uh, because I didn't want something to happen and he did and he had threatened to destroy my wedding day um, unless this thing happened. And the reason I didn't want it to because I didn't, I felt like it was perhaps disrespectful to my mum. And my mum I spoke to her on the phone and I was like, I don't, you know, what do I do? And she's like, you know, I just want you to be happy and I want you to have this day. So let's just give your dad what he wants so that we don't have any issues. Just, we'll just do it. It's okay. Like, I don't, I don't mind. And I'm like, mom, I don't want it to be disrespectful to you. And she's like, it's all right, you know. And I think that's that moment. I really knew how much she loved me because she had every right to be fair. She had every right to get upset. She had every right to demand something back. She's not a fan of my dad. She had every right to use that as an opportunity to like stick it to him. And she didn't. I really heard in her voice that all she wanted was for me to have my day. Um, and so I knew, I was like, yeah, my mom does love me very much. And I think in that, I remember thinking back to that day when I was 13 and told her that she didn't love me. Um, and just recognizing that, Hey, you know, she did, she maybe just didn't show it how I needed to see it or hear it. Uh, but I really did hear it in that moment. And then again, when I called her to tell her about the separation, I really heard in her voice how much she truly loved and cared for me. But still we didn't address um, anything else. Uh, and from there, COVID kept us apart, physically apart. And I was then also 
in another in a toxic not another the only very toxic relationship that I've been in away from my support network and everything and I also didn't tell my mum what was going on there um and now we skipped to exactly a year ago I'd finally left the relationship and I came home to Perth and I'm in my mum's space and she's a neat freak and very picky about certain things. Oh, this is so gross. Sorry. Um, And I'm in her space and clearly there's been for her an overgiving and I've, I've overstepped some of her boundaries that I don't think she was even aware of in herself. So I was staying there for six weeks, actually. And after a few weeks, um, we end up having this massive, massive fight because I hear her outside of my room. She's in the kitchen. I hear her saying something about me and I'm triggered. Instantly, I feel all of this like, anger boiling up and I hadn't felt that way in a long time and I feel it I think because there's a bit of this feeling of being treated like a child where hey like instead of addressing something with me as an adult like an adult you're kind of just talking about it to my stepdad um outside but it's loud enough that I can hear and I just I wasn't into it so I come out and I, I'm like, hey, if you have something to say, say it to my face. I'm not very, I know for sure that I'm not very polite about this. Like I, I was trying to control the level of emotion that was coming up for me, but for sure I could have taken a beat, gone for a walk and then come back and addressed it more calmly and I didn't. And then so all these things start coming out and we end up just in this massive like an actual fight. I have not screamed or yelled like that since my batshit crazy days, which was like more than a decade before that. So I just completely lose it and I'm yelling at my mom. I'm swearing at my mom. And she's like not even looking at me, which makes, I think that triggers me even more because I'm like, you don't even want to look at me like I'm a human like you're not even addressing me you're just like talking into the ether and um I end up launching off saying all these things and I am totally overwhelmed with emotion shaking crying I end up leaving go to catch up with my best friend my stepdad bless his heart gives me a call checks in He's like, you know, let's sit down and have a conversation whenever you're ready, blah, blah, blah. I'm like really heated. So I'm just like, I don't even want to come back, but obviously I have to. That's where I'm staying. Um, and I can't even remember exact things that I said, but I know I said a lot of really harsh things because I was, I was upset about a lot of stuff that I had suppressed and I was just like letting, trying to let it go. Um, 
you know, clearly I, I wasn't actually able to. So I call off for that night, hang out with my friend, try and have a good time. The next day we're kind of avoiding each other and eventually my stepdad's like, all right, let's sit down, let's talk. Uh, and I remember this just feeling, this knot in my stomach. It was horrible. We sit down and we're really just not getting each other until I think I just like say that out loud and I'm like, you know, what I recognized there was I was communicating one thing. My mom was communicating another, both of us expecting the other person to hear, hear us as we were trying to say it. And we just weren't. Now, let me give you an example to bring a bit more clarity around that. So for example, my mom felt taken for granted that I was there for six weeks and that, um, I guess like she didn't feel appreciated for sharing her space. And she's like very protective of her space because she went through a lot to have her house and to do all the renovations and stuff. So I totally understand that. Um, her way of receiving love is, was one thing. And my way of showing love is like, let me cook for you. Let me do this. And she doesn't want that. And so I was just like, well, I've tried and that's it. Um, and I felt like she was just on me for everything and that she didn't appreciate the effort that I was trying to put in. I, there was this recognition of it. And in that moment, I was like, you know, mum, like, what do you need? And then that just like opened up this other conversation where, because at first she was like, I don't know. And I was like, I think what's happening here is each of us needs something. Like we, we need something from the other person. We need to receive something in some way, but we're showing it differently. And as a result, like we're feeling all these things. And so we end up like opening up this conversation of exploring our needs and going through different things. And we talk about a lot of stuff and so much comes out on the table and there's still obviously, you know, there's still the emotion, there's still some pain there, but that just gave us an opportunity to step back and go, this is what I would like for me. We, we could make requests from each other. And I just recognize, you know what? My mom loves being taken out for dinner. And I'm like, that's easier than me cooking for you. For me, it's not as meaningful, but for her, it is meaningful. And I was like, well, I love love languages. And I, you know, I, I ask my friends what their love languages are. I've been, I'm, I try to be so mindful about how it is that people want to be loved and show them in that way. And I hadn't been doing that with my own mother. And, and so I made an active decision then to do that. Um, and we spoke and we just had this incredibly healing conversation that allowed us to go inwards and to explore different things for ourselves and then share that with one another. And then since then, honestly, I think a lot of that helped me to let go of so much of that tension that I'd been carrying with me from my childhood. I was able to see my mum in this different light, just see her as human. We sp 
spoke about a lot of the trauma that she had experienced. We spoke about her relationship with my dad, you know, we and we started just going into different spaces and she now has included me into different conversations. Like our our dynamic in our relationship has changed so much as a result where we've almost shifted from being this like very clear d- distinction of I'm your parent and you're my child and still a child into, you know, kind of this more like there's a friendship that exists between us and it's so beautiful and it came obviously as a result of that fight, but it wasn't the fight. It was the conversation that we were willing to have afterwards to show up and to be vulnerable and to share the stuff that we'd been holding on to inside, I guess, afraid of bringing it up and hurting the other person, afraid of being vulnerable and asking for things in a specific way, afraid of asserting boundaries. Like for my mum, I think me being there for so long crossed boundaries for her, but she didn't want to be a bad parent. And I was like, hey, mum, it's okay for you to only want to share your space for a period of time. Like, let me know what that is. And it's okay for you to say no to me. I think for her hearing that was quite a relief as well, because she had this expectation of being a good parent means I don't say no to my kids when they need me. And I'm like, mum, you've got to put yourself first. Um, And we were able to, yeah, just have this incredible conversation that I'm so grateful for. And since then I've come back, uh, I came back again in September after my brother's wedding. And we, you know, I shared with her what was going on. So since that time in the past year, I have shared so much more with my mum. She's privy to what's going on in my life. And she has asked for my advice on things. I've asked her about different things and we're just having great open conversations about life. And it's been this beautiful journey, you know, from butting heads so much through childhood and through my teen years to not speaking at some point in my adult life, all these feelings of not being loved and wanted and all of that as a, as a kid to then now as an adult who has done a lot of work on herself, I've been able to, to step back and see my mum as another individual without all the expectations I think that I'd projected onto her, all these hopes that I wanted out of a parent and expected her to get right. And every time she didn't, you know, I I think I built some resentment towards her, releasing all of that, having more compassion for her. And then as a result, all of this has come together for us to have such an honest and open relationship. You know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I hope, I hope either one, you're thinking, wow, I'm really grateful for the relationship I have with my mum, in which case that's awesome. I'm stoked for you. Um, Or if you're thinking, you know, this resonates with you and you want to have 
some healing conversations or there's a lot of, you know, hard stuff there that exists with, you know, your mum or your dad or another family member. I think something important and valuable to remember is one, it's okay. Like it's okay that we have these really tough relationships because we're all human, because we all carry with us various traumas and stuff that has happened. We carry with us patterns from childhood. I know that a lot of what my parents did and a lot of the way that they behaved was a result of their own upbringing. It was a result of patterns that had been displayed to them and just stuff that they were repeating. So it's okay if you have a tough relationship. And if, you know, you're hoping to mend and to heal a relationship, I think something important is to wait until the time that you're ready. Something valuable for me was being able to communicate what my boundaries are and what my needs are and to make requests. But in order for me to communicate boundaries and set boundaries with other people, I needed to know what those boundaries were and what they are in myself. Because if I'm not clear on them within me, how can I, one, communicate them and two, assert them with others? And that's taken me a long time to come to a place where I actually understand what my boundaries are. I would dare say that even now I'm still learning what they are because there are sometimes things that happen and when I get angry, that's when I know my boundaries have been crossed. So it's okay to take your time and to do things in your time. I know that often there's this pressure because there are parents, there's you know, to fix things immediately. And we often put ourselves in a situation when we're not ready. And that can sometimes do a lot of damage to us. So it's important to do what you need to in order to take care of yourself first. And then it's from that place that we can then show up and have hard conversations. These conversations I've had, you know, this one with my mum and I did have one with my dad and, you know, we can talk about that in another episode. But these were a long time coming and I think they happened at exactly the right time and it was after doing a lot of reflection, a lot of introspection, a lot of work, building on my communication skills and understanding that I was carrying expectations and to not project that onto them. It was after a lot of that that I was able to sit down and have this conversation in a way that's been really effective and has helped move our relationship forward. I would also say that it's important to take any kind of space that you need to from relationships that might be harmful to you. And nothing has to be forever. You know, it's it's very much okay to just take a step back and create a bit of space for a short period of time if that's what you need to process things and for things to make sense within you before you're ready to have a conversation. I would encourage, if you can, I would encourage you to share that with the other person 
but you don't have to, you know, ultimately what's important is that you're able to take care of yourself and treat yourself with as much love and kindness. Um, yeah. And I hope that ultimately, if anything, if you do have quite a tumultuous relationship with your parents, that this gives you a bit of hope in that there is and there can be opportunities for healing, that that can happen. And I hope that if that's something that you're seeking, that you're able to have that and achieve that. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and the platform to talk about these things. You know, I, when I think about what I'm recording each week, it's a bit tough because I want to be honest and I want to be authentic. I'm also mindful of people, you know, who it could potentially impact. But I think it's important for us to be real and to have conversations about what's really going on. Ultimately, for me, that's where I learn the most, you know, when I hear about people's lives and when people open up and share with me what's going on that I know for me, that's where I spend a lot of time thinking within myself, like, well, how, how is this affecting me right now? How is this showing up for me? Like what shows up for me when I'm listening to this and then what goes on? And that, that gives me an opportunity to think about stuff. So I hope that through the sharing of all of this today, that that's given you an opportunity to reflect on something, um, and I just want to thank you for listening and for being a part of Self Podcast, a part of this passion project of mine. I release episodes every Thursday. So tune in next week. Don't know what we're going to be talking about. Um, and if you enjoy the show, please just give it a like and a follow. You can share it with someone who you think might enjoy it as well. I really appreciate that. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at self double underscore podcast and at Amanda Latran. That's Amanda L-E-T-R-A-N. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts or you can also watch it on YouTube. So thanks for listening or watching and I will see you next week. Bye.